following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Church, saved, rescued, ransomed, redeemed, justified. And just in case you're not familiar with that term, justified means so much more than just declared not guilty. We have moved from guilt to righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like that's what it means to be justified. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus promised to be raised and glorified, loved, betrothed to Christ uh, waiting for this wedding banquet that's promised to us. We are provided and protected. The gates of hell will not prevail against Christ's church, his bride. We are washed, perfected, and being sanctified, cleansed, and pruned. Like all of this, past tense, accomplished. We are his bride, his body. We are, we are helped to be his helper, submission. We are the weaker vessel ready to be his helpmeet and to finish what he has started. We are being made holy and spotless, right? We are known, like I love this when you think about prayer. Like, and all of this just comes right out of the scriptures. I'm not just making this stuff up. This is what we're promised. This is what we're declared. This is, this is what the cross accomplished like for us. This is what the empty tomb like declares to us. This is why it's the best news the world has ever heard. But as it relates to prayer, I want you to know this morning that we are heard. We are heard, right? And we are loved. We are known. Like one of the most beautiful things that we, we come to understand is that we are known and sometimes that's a little scary when we have things that we're aware of and maybe others aren't, but God knows. He knows it all. But here's the good news. We're known and loved beyond our wildest dreams. Like, like let the grace of God bathe uh, all that guilt and shame away because that's what the cross did. And it doesn't release us to, to, uh, to, uh, as a license to sin. It, 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 it changes us and transforms us and compels us to joyful obedience and, and a life that lives out of gratitude for what God has done for us in Christ. But please hear this morning that the church is known and heard. He's, we, she is her, his bride. I, and I love this simple statement. The, the church is his. Bought with a price. We are not our own. His. Did, have you been told recently that you're his? That you're heard? That you're loved? That you're covered? Oh, that you're redeemed? That you're rescued? Like these are so good that, that we're held together, Colossians 1 tells us. We're, we're held together right? We're empowered. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Like these, these are, this is the fact. This is the truth. And when we believe the truth, what happens? We are liberated. We are set free. Like, and it's, that's just not for justification. That's for sanctification. And what I mean by that, in order for us to grow up in the, in the word and in the Lord, we got to believe all the promises. We get to believe because the promises are the truth. What Jesus accomplished is reality, 
right? And, and we have, like, we, we, we're having peace with God. Not just have, but having. And we also have the, we have the peace of God, right? We have, we have peace with God, and we have the peace of God in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's a package deal. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's all there. And, and it's, in, it's in full expression. And we've got to not put our confidence in the flesh, but in the spirit. And let the spirit of God manifest the word of God through the life of the child of God. Like that's, that's who we are. So this morning, like last week, we talked about those things and, and the church and its, its, uh, and its beauty right? And its radiance is what Christ is up to. And, uh, and let us not be disparaging. Like, I don't know, you talk poorly about my bride. I'm going to be upset. And what, let me tell you what I mean by that. Let's never talk poorly about the church, right? I don't think Jesus takes kindly to that, right? We should, we should speak of the church. And that's, I'm talking about, let me, let me get really practical here. Don't talk about your brothers and sisters in any other vain then then they're the they're the bride of christ but let me let me get really let me step on a few toes but this is for our own good like like you're the bride of christ you're the body of christ you're the bride don't don't let the enemy self-talk can be one of the most destructive things in our life right You, you don't have to accept those random thoughts that come to your mind right we're to take every thought captive right every single thought captive Paul goes on to say, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, excellent, or or praiseworthy, think about such things, right? We're to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. You know, and and, and again, Isaiah uh, 26, 3, he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him, stayed on him. So I'm going to shift a little bit to a myopic kind of posture, and and now we're going to talk today about our church. Right, because I believe when we looked, I looked again this morning at uh, Revelation th- uh, um, chapter two and three, and when Paul, when when uh, John, when, when he's receiving this this vision and these 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 eternal words, like they they are given to the churches specifically that are planted in a unique setting. Right, this is Asia Minor, this is Ephesus and Philadelphia and Laodicea. And every one of these churches has something that, that the Lord Jesus commends, and then he says, I have this against you. Right? And 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 it's unique to that church. Whether you're tolerating the Jezebel or you're you've lost your first love or you're lukewarm and I'm about to spit, you know, or there but there's things that are commended as well. And, uh, and I think we need to take those, those to heart because what we learn through Jesus' state of the church address there is that this is what Jesus loves for the church. This is what he approves for the church. And this, this is the things that he doesn't want for the church, right? And so we learn so much in that moment about like the things that, that, uh, that, that, that he loves. And, and we aspire to those things knowing his heart and intention. So today, what I want us to do, because I believe as it is in that particular state of the church of Jesus, that if you look at each one of those seven churches, every single one of them was unique in what they were in. One was kind of planted in Satan's dominion, it says. You know, that there's a synagogue of Satan in their, in their context, 
Uh, and, and he commends them for their perseverance and for their steadfastness in the midst of that, that persecution that they would face because of that context they're in. C- can we be planted in dark context? And please understand, we are uniquely, by God's grace, a lampstand planted in St. Petersburg, Florida. And God has pur- purposed not just me, but all of us, gifted, wired, unique We'll talk about this next week for the mission that he's calling us to, empowered to reach the people that are here, right? And so um, we need, is it important that we have a shared mission, a shared aim, a shared culture? Like it's so important so we can subscribe together to what God is doing. And so I asked Fred this morning, I said, do the Marines have core values? Oh, yeah. Do you know them? And I mean, he listed those like, and I said, how often do you, do, you, do you rehearse those? And his words were, daily. Daily. Wow. You know, so I think it's important today that we, 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 we dig in here and, and, and understand our DNA, our, our core values together. What's our mission? What's our vision? Unique to, to our church family. And, uh, and that's something that we need to know and embrace together so that we can be, we can be unified in our, in our approach to what it is that God's calling us to uniquely do here in this community. So f- number one, our mission. And look, as I said last week, and I'll, I'll go through this quickly, like it's not our mission, it's his mission, right? It's not our lives, it's his life. It's not our, it's not our anything, it's his. And so this is, this is his mission, and because it's his mission, it's my mission, and it's our mission, right? And so this is what he says. It says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now listen, Jesus is saying like the Father has put all authority in heaven and earth under me. And so I'm giving you authority to go and do something very specific. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Right, so that, that, that puts everybody Everybody can get involved in that because we've all been taught, so even, even if we've just been saved, we've been taught like grace is fresh. We've been taught the gospel. Like we can all, we can all teach what we've been taught, right? And with the help of the Holy Spirit that will lead us into all truth and remind us of everything he said, we're fully equipped, right? And, the, and we're meant to do it together. That's the reason Jesus sent them out two by two, right? It's not good for man to be alone. Right, you, you know, a sheep off by himself, that's not a good thing. So like, so, but we need to know the mission that we're on together. And then he says the most p- powerful and important part of this, of this mission, his mission. And he says, and, and I will be with you always. I will be, guys, if God is with us, who can be against us, right? He says, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So, I mean, like, he's clarified, like, the term of his presence with us, right? And so that is so encouraging. The question we have to ask is how, right? Like, this is the mission. This seems pretty daunting, right? It's, it's, what's the scope of it? The ends of the earth, right? Like, and, and isn't it amazing that this all began with 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 the kingdom, the king himself coming to plan his kingdom and, uh, and showing up to say, I'm bringing the kingdom. It's in your midst already because I'm here, right? And then, and then he's going to manifest his kingdom 
He's going to plant his kingdom in us through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be kingdom kids and bring kingdom culture to the world. And that's why we got to love one another, that, that we get to love one another. And we're empowered for that. Like it's not something we can do in our own strength, but, but the first fruit of the Spirit is love. The greatest of these is love, right? And, uh, and so like if, if we can speak in tongues of men and of angels and have not love, that we're just a bunch of noise. Like the point of every gift is to love, right? Is to God, like because he is love. And so how do we do this practically, uh, live out this mission here in, in our context? Jesus was talking with the disciples just moments before his ascension, and they were all excited about the kingdom of heaven showing up that day. And he said, don't worry about this. God's got that all timed out. He says, this is what you need to know. He says in verse 8, but you will receive power. Now, now they didn't know this, but this was 10 days from then. He said, go pray and wait. He's coming, just like my father promised. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, has come upon you, and you will be my what? Witnesses. What does a witness do? Testify to their story, their account, right? Like we just tell our story. Peter did this in Cornelius' backyard when he was called, and he didn't even get to finish his story, and, and people were believing, and the Holy Spirit was falling, and then baptisms took place. Right. So we just need to be witnesses. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Tell your story of grace. And uh, so he says, and you will be my witnesses and you're empowered for this purpose in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And if you continue to read Acts, that's exactly what happens. That exact pattern starts to take place. And Paul gets hungry for Rome and Spain even. Right. So so where is it? The ends of the earth. Uh, you know, as a church that we give 10 percent, 10 percent of every single cent that comes through the door goes back out to missions. And that is something we are very excited about. It's a blueprint that we see with the Levites, even though they received uh, the, the tithe, they then gave. They were worshipers unto the Lord in that same uh, way. But we are we're even more so like if you sow sparingly, you will also reap sparingly. We're called to be joyful givers, not reluctant or under compulsion. That's part of the reason we have a giving box in the back is that we believe it's an act of worship. It's an act of obedience. Right. And we give because we've been given so much. Right. And we give because we've been like and that's just. That's just the response to it's a, it's that's why it's an act of worship. Right. And then we get to this text, which I'll spend most of our time on this morning. And and um, and what I love about this text is uh, so often when I'm out and about, uh, especially, you know, Chuck and I, I, I love Chuck. I love Chuck because Chuck, let me just affirm you this morning. Chuck is a pickleball buddy of mine. And more importantly, he's a brother in Christ. And it was so obvious don't you love when you meet somebody and you go, that's a child of God. That's a blood-bought saint right there. It's so obvious. He lives his faith out. And it's so fun to be missional together out there, Chuck. And I'm just grateful for you. I just want to say that. Um, but a lot of times when I'm in, uh, you know, in, in the worldly context, um, you know, I'll invite folks to try. Are you, do you guys invite people in to him? You know, the church is, 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 is where the saints abide. Like, this is where the Holy Spirit is in, in, in community. And, and so we want to invite them into church. But we're, ultimately, we're inviting them to him, 
right? That they, they that he would know that they would know him, and uh, and so when I'm when I have that privilege, and uh, you know the first thing they will ask is it's easily the top th- one of the top three questions is what what denomination are you, right? And because like and I say what abomination are you, right? Like so like like because we're told that that's not that wasn't well, the way it should go, right? No isms, none of that. So like. So what I love is, is that whenever someone asks that, because what they want to do is they want to put you in a category so they can define you, right? And, and, and that's okay. I understand that, right? They want to they understand. But I love that I can say to them that we're an A2 church. And every time they say, you're, you're a what? And what I love about that is they don't have a category for it. And so what I get the privilege of doing is I get the privilege of opening the scriptures to them and either reading it to them or they read it to me, which is more ideal, or I just I, I can quote it to them or whatever. But like what I love is because I believe this with down to the core of my being, I believe that everything that we do and, and our identity should be wrapped up in the in the scriptures. Like if I'm going to point to anything that 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 I am like I'm the church of Jesus Christ. I should be able to sh- like like that should be tied to the scriptures. And so when I open up this text to folks that are wondering like so what what's what what church what's 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 your church all about? I'm saying can I can I just read this to you cuz this is really we're an A2 church Acts 2, two 42 to 47. And uh and so I want to read this for you and then we're going to unpack it a little bit, okay? Uh, cuz I want you to know what an A2 church is. Um it says this, and they, now let me just pause for a second. They is the about 3,000 plus the 120 that were in the upper room, okay, that just just were added to their number, okay? And, uh, and it says, and they were devoted, devoted. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. These are the four pillars of the church. The fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles verse 44 and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved so let's break that down for just a moment and they who I've already described as the they devoted themselves what does it mean to devote yourself to give yourself fully to okay um, but there's a there's a beatitude that helps us to understand this. It says, "Blessed are the pure in heart." What that means is an undivided heart. Like I'm, my heart is pure for you. And it says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will what? See God." Right? They were they were devoted. Uh, they devoted themselves, and I think it's interesting. It wasn't like no one was forcing them to devotion. They devoted themselves mutually. This is, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Right? To the apostles' teaching. Like, sometimes we need to remember that there were, it, it, was, it, was, it was a long time before this was, 
you know, written and canonized, right? Like sometimes we need to put ourselves in the context that, that what, you know, what Paul was teaching when he, when he talks about the word, like he's talking about the Old Testament, right? Like, but here, these are the apostles prior to penning the gospels, teaching the life and ministry and the, and the teachings of Christ. And they were devoted. They were devoted, right? They were devoted to that. They were also devoted to, and it says, the fellowship, the fel- it doesn't say fellowship. They weren't de- devoted to koinonia, though I'm sure they were. This is saying they were devoted to one another. They were, they were, they were fully committed to each other, right? Then it goes on to say, and they were also devoted to the breaking of bread. This, this is a, a concept of love feast and the, and the last supper or the, or the communion, the Lord's supper. Like they were devoted to sharing meals together that, that brought about remembrance, and they were devoted to prayers. And it says, and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs. Now let's make sure we understand what signs are. Signs are, are, are authenticating signs. Like what do signs do? They point you to something. What do, what do these signs meant to do? They point you to Jesus, right? They authenticate the message and the messenger. That's the purpose of these signs. Right? Signs, it says the signs were being done through the apostles. That makes sense? And all who believed were together. Now, guys, yeah, they were together in proximity, but this, is, this means so much more. This means a togetherness of heart and mind, of principle and precept, of aim and intention. They were together. It's the oneness that Jesus prayed for, right? That they were together and had all things in common. By the way, as I've said before, this wasn't communism, right? None of this was forced upon them, right? They continued to own things, but they didn't consider it their own. And they were quick and generous to give as they've been given, right? So that's that's the principle here because verse 45 goes on to explain that. And it says, and they were selling their possessions, Because what they were saying is, your need is more important than me having X, right? They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, right? And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. So like, if we pause for just a moment and really think through the text, why are they still going to a temple if Jesus, the ultimate Lamb of God that's been sacrificed, sacrificial system's no longer necessary, the veil's been torn from top to bottom, you know, like, what's, why are they going to a, that temple? But if we continue to read in Acts, we, it's very clear. They're going there for prayer, and they're being a witness, right? They're not, they, they, they are worshiping, Right as they gather together in the temple, and they're breaking bread in their homes. Now, what I love about the the redundancy of that statement is that they're gathering together in their homes and they're breaking bread. As they're they're in intimate community, they're in they're in consistent community with one another. But listen to what it says: and they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. There's two words here I love. So they are they're they are glad. And, and grateful for what God has provided. They are more mindful than ever that everything, every good and perfect gift has come from him. But what I also love is the other word, generous. They are generous with what they've been given. And here in the area of hospitality and food, it is a generosity 
that Paul kind of gets upset with the church in Corinth in chapter 11 about, right? Man, you know, we have, we have many in our, in our congregation that are awesome examples of this, but, but Leanne and Jerry are probably the pinnacle, right? Like, you know, and I love, you know, I got the privilege of having dinner with Leanne and Jerry on Friday night, and I, you know, I just was saying thank you, thank you, thank you, and Leanne just wanted me to know, like, like, this is, this is just what we do. Like, no, it's, it's wonderful. Like, I'm happy. Like, I'd, like, and you exemplified in your statement. I can't even capture your words because they were so perfect. But you exemplified what, what generosity is in sharing meals with each other. And, and that's not a flash in the pan for you guys. That's, that's your lifestyle. And I love the example that is to the body. And many others that do the same. But, but you, know, it's, you know, by opening our doors, we're, you know, more importantly, we're opening our hearts and our lives and we're, and we're sharing with one another in, in generous ways. Um, it's so, so important. Uh, like tonight, we're going to gather for a dinner here. Jennifer, thank you that you're, you're always like our culinary genius. We're just so grateful for you and your gift of hospitality. But we'll gather tonight. We'll have dinner at 6. Come join us. Have dinner, it's let us know you're coming. But let, you know, dinner at six and then we're going to sit down and watch, you know, episode four, season three of the show and then talk about, you know, the Lord and, and these things that we've seen. So, you know, like it's just good. But here's the practical thing. So I'll read it again for you. Praising God and having favor with all the people, excuse me, and they, and, and they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. Um, there is a, you know, familiarity breeds contempt okay so like there there's there's a danger in 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 heavy frequency right that it becomes rote or we just kind of go through the motions man we get i don't know about you like you give thanks for your food every time you get in front of anything a meal right like we do that right and and that's there's some frequency to that like let this kind of sink in let's be glad and generous. Let's let's not just throw up a prayer. Let let our hearts explode with gratitude when we realize that the the, the 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 gifts that God gives us, there are many. Verse forty seven. Praising God and having favor with all the people, that's everybody, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So what I love about verse forty seven is this. Um if you, I shared this in class, but like if you were the head of an adoption agency, right, and you were in it for, for, to win it, and it's just like your heart's right where it should be, you know, wouldn't you want to place these precious ones, especially if they've been in foster, wouldn't you want to place these precious ones in the healthiest home that you could possibly find? Do you see what he's saying here? Here's, here's this healthy church doing healthy things, loving people way, well, taking care of one another, and God adds to their number. Right? God, God's the one that adopts us into his family, and now he's just putting them in a healthy home. Right? And, and can, my heart, please hear this, my heart is, are we a healthy home? Where people are going to be trained up in the word, they're going to be taught and discipled, which is the primary purpose of the church, Right? We don't save anybody. God does that. But then he adds them to our number so we can disciple and love and care for them. And so, like, I believe that salvation is God's work. 
and he will do it. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. We just need to be faithful to the precepts and the principles and the, the Christ culture of the church. Be faithful to the mandates and the, and the opportunities that we have to serve and to love and, and, to, and, and we see it all. And that's, so when I share that with somebody on the pickleball court or out in life, you know, when they're wanting to know what denomination we are, every time they read it or I read it, you know, I'm sure some of you have done this too. They're like, huh, that's refreshing. That's different. But it shouldn't be. Because that's who we are. And that's kingdom culture. And, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about kingdom culture this year because our, our new theme this year as we launched last week is what? Your kingdom come, right? And we're going to talk about what it means to be kingdom kids. John's going to unpack for us that the truth is we think that, that Jesus talks the most about money and love. Uh-uh. It's overwhelming. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. That's what he talks about. And we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about that this year, but more, about, more, more than talking about it, we're going to see the Holy Spirit invite us to live it um, and to love it. Uh, so I want to just go forward a little bit because I don't want you to believe that this moment in Acts 2 on the other side of Pentecost um, is a flash in the pan experience because moving forward uh, quite some time later, we see in ch chapter 4 of Acts in verses 34 and 35 that this culture continues in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says this, there was not a needy person among them. Isn't that awesome? Right? Don't you think the world wants in when that's the culture? Right? There wasn't a needy person among them. Why? For as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. That's, that's ideal culture. Right? If anybody knows what, you know, the apostles were fully aware of the needs, right? the daily distribution of, uh, of, uh, for the widows, all of that. So what's very different than mission is vision. Uh, we're told without a vision, a people perish, right? Vision, vision is something, uh, a mission is something that we're living in, 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 the, in the moment and, and going forward. Vision is something that is given to us, that is, that is, that is aspired to, that is promised, that is shown to us. Um, and, uh, and the scriptures declare and the Holy Spirit confirms. And so we were given this vision as a church, and this is an ongoing vision, and it is this, a place to come to life. And when we understand, like there's two words here I'm going to unpack for us. One is place and the other is life, because what we understand life to be is the only one. He's the author of life, right? Peter said in, 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 before the San Sanhedrin, like he, you killed the author of life, right? Uh, he's the source of life. In him we have uh, life, and, and, and we move and, and, and breathe and have our being, right? Um, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, so we understand life as being like a place to come to Christ. But that's, that's, what we're, that's the vision we were given and, and, a, and a place. We're going to talk about that as we've already started to talk about that. But as I said, uh, John 10.10 10 says, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly, right? Uh, in John 14.6, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 3.16, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal 
life, right? So, so we understand it's a place to come to Christ, to come to life, true life, right? And, and, and as I mentioned in Acts 3, which bookends 2 and th- 4, which we just talked about, in verse uh, 14, he says, well, I'll, I'll read this for you. Listen, listen to what this says. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, uh, this is what, what, what Peter's saying, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided, speaking of Pilate, to release him, but you, but you denied the holy and righteous one, speaking of the Lord Jesus, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life who God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. I think of Paul too in Acts chapter 17. And, and I'll just pull out the pieces here that, that are relevant. In verse 25, he says, since he himself gives, he's talking, he's in, he's in Athens. He's at the uh, Aragopagus and he's talking to uh, them about the, the statue to the unknown God and, and he's giving them reference for that. And, you, you, and he says, since he himself gives to all, mankind, life and breath and everything, right? Uh, Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. So he is life himself. And so we want to be a place, like we believe God's called us to be a place where people come to life, come to Christ. So what does it mean uh, by come to life. Well, what we mean by that is twofold. Salvation, born again, and sanctification, maturity in Christ. Um, so now the word place, a place. And I've kind of talked about this just a little bit, like the culture, the, the, the kingdom culture that's here. Like what, what should be some of the, the grand characteristics of the church's culture? Not just on Sunday morning, but just like all the time. Like what should be the culture of the church. So what does the environment, the place look like that is conducive for people to come to life or to come to Christ? The Christian life begins and is sustained, in my opinion, in repentance, right? It should be a place, like John the Baptist said to the, to the, to the brood of vipers, he said, he said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance like like we're called to be confessional people that that confess our sins if you confess your sins to he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness right like that this is the comprehensive work of the cross and so our 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 culture should have a strong sense of confession and repentance what keeps that from happening pride for sure right? Fear, right? But on the other side, it's a lack of grace, right? When we believe that I'm in a safe place where grace is celebrated and the cross is declared and refreshment is the byproduct of confession and prayer is the result of me being transparent, honest, and confessional, like what happens is the church explodes in maturity and healing and refreshment, Right? Like God wants that type of a culture. Listen to this. Or do you presume, Romans 2 4 says, on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness, and this is, it's translated loving kindness. It's probably translated even better in the Greek as being God's goodness. Right? Like knowing, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. 
the kindness of God. Is God kind to us? Right? Like, we should be the, the most, re- and produce fruit in keeping with repentance, right? That, we see that in Matthew 3, 8, right? And what does it mean by that? Like, what, when we keep something, we, we persevere in it. We, it's something that, we, that we, we, we keep the Sabbath, you know, those type of things. We stay in it. We re- reside in it. We maintain it. We endure. And so, repentance, like, anybody perfect today? Right, that's not like we will be perfected and we are perfected and being perfected, sanctified. But, but here's the good news is that like we get to repent and we get to know and believe that the cross was sufficient to cover not all, part but all of our sin and that we are liberated. But we're called to confession. We're called to, to the refreshment that comes from that posture. And we should be the most confessional. But what keeps us from that please hear me, is the fear of man. If we feared God, we would always confess. If we were in awe of the cross, confession would be our culture because we know we can't live without him. And so my my challenge in living out our vision is that we would be a grace-filled environment. The moment someone comes and says, "I, I need to tell someone what I've done, because shame and guilt is riddling my life and the enemy is just reminding, you know, all of that. We walk them to the cross. We, we help them to pray because right now it's hard for them. And, we, and we, we share the gospel with them, the good news of God's rescue, that his grace is bigger than our sin and that he casted our sin from far as the east is from the west. And we refresh them in the gospel because sometimes... I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded, right? And that's the culture of the church, that we walk in repentance. And, and it's like Jerry always says with overcomers, it's not like, I can't believe you did that. It's me too, right? Me too, me too. And so it's an environment of kindness because what does kindness lead us to? <laughs> right? Grace, love, and forgiveness. Guys, you know what will will kill a Christian culture? Unforgiveness. Division is a byproduct of that. We see it in marriage, right? We have to have a mutual passion for unity that that is absolutely driven by grace, by forgiveness. We're told in Ephesians 4, 432 that we have to, we must, I think that's have to, we Forgive as you have been forgiven. There's the benchmark. You've been forgiven 10,000 talents. Doesn't matter. It's not a math formula. 471 counts or 91. Uh, You know, like, so, like, it's so, so important. The other part of this culture uh, uh, that's in our vision is, is this. You can't give what you don't have. And apart from him, you can do nothing. So please, please hear this. Abide in me, Jesus says, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, the true vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And I am that true vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. That, I mean, that's a declaration of truth himself. For apart from me, 
you can do nothing of eternal value. Nothing. Nothing that he would cherish or value. And so as a, do, you, do you know that you're not meant to come here to I- maturity? This is maturity posture. You don't come here to be fed, though that will happen, but to, to feed. Right? Maturity, like when we first start in life, like w- we need someone to feed us. Right? And then th- that's going to be the case, right? But then we learn to feed ourselves. Like we can get in the word ourselves in prayer. We, we learn these things. But then maturity is when, when we can start feeding others. Right? And that only happens. We only bear fruit when we abide. And so what I want to tell you is the most important thing you do in the Christian life is stay close to him. And he's made it possible for that to be the case. Because we can't bear fruit. And every one of you is meant to be a fruit-bearing believer. And you know what fruit does? According to John 15, it glorifies the Father. That's what fruit ultimately does. It gives glory to God. When you bear fruit, God is glorified. And so our part in that, this is what he says in John 15. We just did it, right? He says, abide in me, abide in my word, and abide in my love. And you can't help but be fruitful because it doesn't depend on you. Right? That's, that's the good news. So, so when you don't abide, right? And there's going to be seasons, right? There's going to be moments where we need to be fed and we need to be loved and we need to be reminded. Absolutely. We're going to come in here. And please, let, let, me, let me say this. Like the tendency is when we feel like we have wandered off, prone to stray, right? Like when we feel like we've sinned, the enemy's kind of riddling us with all the guilt, all that, right? Um, we tend to, to avoid. We don't come to church. Right. It's like it's like exactly what happened in the garden. We hide, cover up and blame. And then we start to 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 live in that sinful state. But what we need to do is we need to come to the church. Right. So that we can we can be restored to Christ. We can be reminded of the gospel. We can be loved. Don't run from don't hide. Like when God's saying to you, where are you? It's not that he doesn't know. He's calling you home. And so we're, we're meant to be the homecoming court, right? We're, we're meant to be the welcoming committee. We're meant to be, as the people come through the door, like, like you ever come through that door, that, that specific door, a little broken, a little in need of the gospel, a little in need of encouragement and love? Anybody? Maybe this morning, anybody? Right? I hope that's what you're getting. And I hope that you get that in a tangible way through the body of Christ. Because, guys, we are practically, as we'll talk about next week, we are practically the hands and feet of Christ. We're the heart. We're the members. We're the, we're, we're the mouthpiece. He's the head of each one of us and all of us. And it's beautiful. So it is an environment of trust in and love for Christ. Because put no trust in man, including yourself, by the way. Trust him. And then, uh, you know, our church has a discipleship um, uh, approach that is literally Jesus's approach to discipleship. Like we spent years just just studying through the scriptures, and we we call it C four because it is powerful, and uh, and it's come connect covenant calling, and and this is a biblical blueprint modeled by Jesus and followed by his church. It is a discipleship process that gives individuals opportunities to grow into maturity in the Lord. It is also a journey which allows people to enter and grow at their own pace. 
right? As I mentioned last week, it's like coming going into a theme park and you've never been there before. You find that map and it has that red star. It says you are here. Like it's that's the that's the point. If we can go to that next slide, please, because I want to kind of point out what you know what what it looks like, or if the, the one that has the C4, the circle uh, for me, Ray, if you don't mind. Yeah. So you see, like you know, you you come in, and then you connect. And then you, you understand that you're in covenant with Christ. And so that puts us in covenant with one another. And then we're empowered. We understand there's baptism in that, in that journey. And then there's, there's the calling, which is where we understand how we fit and how we serve. Like in what God's uniquely called us to do. And then we become, the, the circle comes back, we become a part of the come. We become a part of the, the, not only the invitation committee, but the welcome committee, right? So like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So when you look at the C4s, I'll break down them very quickly, is the first one is come. Uh, the reason we know that this is kind of his approach, I mean, think about with John uh, and uh, Andrew. Uh, they were John the Baptist's disciples first. And, uh, and, and, and John did what he was supposed to do as, the, as the, the friend of the bridegroom, right? The best man. Like he, he pointed to Jesus and said, that's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And they just took off. And John wasn't upset. He says that was his joy. And, uh, and he, they go to Jesus and they said, uh, well, um, uh, uh, where, where, where are you staying, Rabbi? You know, like teacher. We, we, and uh, he's like, what does he say? Come and see. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. And they did. They came and see and saw, right? But he invites people in. We see it in Matthew 4.19. And he, he said to them, uh, many of your translations will say, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men, right? We see in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you Right. So what, what, what I what I want to tell us is, is Jesus said, come, follow me, come and you will see, come to me now as his followers uh, and witnesses. We are we are we invite others to come. We invite uh, those that are outside the kingdom in the kingdom. Does that make sense? Like it's no one's being forced into this. He's he's a gentleman like he he wants more than than anybody would want a relationship with you. But he's inviting he's. He, he, oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Of course, our lives and the way that we live them in following Jesus should be contagious and express come. It, it doesn't just have to be words. In fact, it's more profound when it's in our actions. We must, but we must intentionally invite others into the body of Christ. If I could say that there's one thing that we're not doing well, I would say it's this. Like we need to be inviting others into community. I'm not about building faith fellowship. I'm about building his kingdom. And we are an instrument in that, right? But we must intentionally invite others into the body life that they might see a fuller expression of his love in action and believe, right? Practically, be a missionary in your neighborhood. Be a servant in your home and at work and at school. Be persistent in your pursuit of others the way. Do you think that, 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 that the Father's pursuing them? Right? He desires that none should perish in a manner and a way that Jesus pursued you. Invite others in. And then, second, connect. 
connect with Christ and his local body. This is what everything else we do is meant to help people connect, right? This is an opportunity we offer once a quarter in a practical way. We offer a class that's called Connect. Our next class is March 17th on Sunday during brunch. You can grab your brunch and come into classroom one. And for those who would like to, to know more about who we are as a local body of believers, the purpose of this gathering is to is information, clarification, and unification. The topics we'll cover is A2, like we talked about this morning, our mission, our vision, our yearly themes, our values, what we believe, the gospel, baptism, membership, um, leadership, our history. I'll share my heart a little bit. All of that. That's, that's, but but that's, that's just, that's just the, the class, like that's meant to be something we do dynamically within culture is connect people uh, to ourselves as a body, um, but to him as the head. Our, our next C is covenant. And before we can covenant with our, our local body of believers, we must first enter into new covenant through Jesus Christ and follow through in baptism. So like we're not, we don't make a covenant here. We, we, we remind and, and educate and, uh, and, and, and coordinate the, the reality that we're already in covenant with each other through our mutual covenant with Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And, uh, and that's where we encourage baptism. We encourage all of that before membership uh, so that we can do this mission and vision together. Um, so the covenant class is offered twice a year. This is our membership component. Uh, the next opportunity will be May 8th and 15th at 6.30. That's a Wednesday night. Um, we then from there, we're going to get these back online this year, Lord willing, is uh, our membership meetings. We call it Membership Matters. And we do ministry moments. We do new members. We, we, we update any staff and, and stewardship pieces, ministry updates, those type of things. Um, I've already mentioned discipleship essentials. Uh, the, the idea here is on the other side of membership that you would participate in one of these discipleship essentials uh, because it's a formation for leadership. Uh, it's a preparation for leadership. Uh, when we look at all the things that we see in Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus and, uh, and how that's laid out, uh, we have a responsibility to raise up leaders. Um, and this is a part of that. So the final C is calling. Uh, and this is our leadership training and development. Uh, then you can help lead Christ's church. As I've mentioned this week and, and many other weeks, we, we have an annual theme. We go off and pray every, every, every fall and ask the Lord for what it is he's going to be doing next year. And, and we're all in. And the Lord has been so faithful to, uh, to over the years. And it's been years. I'll share some of the themes over the years. Radical surrender, fearless faith. Uh, live to give, each one reach one, live love, devoted, saved to serve, faith in action, bless as an acronym, uh, living loved, dwell as we did a couple years ago, last year was shine and this year is your kingdom come, right? Your kingdom come. I'll show you a few graphics here uh, and before we get to, and these are some of the things we'll see. And we can roll through these, Ray. Like um, these are some of the things that we, we're going to do around the campus to just remind us of our theme this year and, uh, and dive into those concepts more intimately. But this obviously comes out of Matthew 6, 10. Your kingdom come. The first thing, isn't it interesting that the very first thing that Jesus tells us to ask for the first thing is to ask for his kingdom to come and his will to be done in Matthew 6, 10. 
I want to share our leadership culture um, and structure um, because it's important. Um, on the other side of calling, you have this incredible privilege to be a part of our servant leadership, understanding that leadership is all about humility. Uh, it's not about getting to tell people what to do, right? It's getting to, to love people into the kingdom and serve uh, the way Christ served. Um, and and, and I'll, I'll read this to you. There's no slides for this. But if you remember in John 21, 15, Jesus is having breakfast with uh, seven of the guys. One of them who's really needs this breakfast is Peter because uh, about 40 days earlier, um, he was around a charcoal fire in the courtyard of the high priest. And Jesus has built another charcoal fire just to remind him of who he is and that shame is, is covered by his grace and his mercy and that he has not missed the opportunity to be the rock. And so this is what he says there. He says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to them, he said to him, feed. Now, this is in the context of all of them. He says, feed my lambs. Now, two, two statements later, he's going to tell them to feed his that's different. These are lambs. What is the distinction? Right. They're little. They're younger. He starts with that. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you, it's interesting, he calls him Simon. Do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, tend or take care of your translation, might say, my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time. Obviously, the context of a month and 10 days ago, right? Do you love me? And, and he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So our, our leadership um, team is called Lead and Feed for this reason. So that we never forget that we're to, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He says, if you want to be great, become a servant. If you want to be the great, if you want to be the first among the greatest in the kingdom, be, be a slave. To, to, and he's talking about to others. So uh, this is a mix of elders and deacons. I'm going to ask John Cotero to stand. I'm going to ask Jerry Hurt to stand. Uh, Dr. Fred Fitzgerald to stand. Um, I'm th these men are uh, a member of our leadership team. Would you would you thank them for their tireless efforts? Um, I, I want you to also know um, that we are uh, there are three others that we have are in prayerful development and uh, and we're excited about always in that posture. But he didn't also he didn't just tell them to feed. He told them he told Peter to take care of. So we have what we call care couples. And uh, these care couples are meant to take care of a smaller bite-sized portion of our demographic to give the kind of intimate care that's, 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 that's talked about in, in Acts 2. So I'm going to ask that John and Mary Beth stand, Ray and Mary stand, Cindy and Fred stand, Jerry and Leanne stand. Sheba and I are part of this 
this precious group, and we are actually developing two other couples to join. Uh, would you thank them for their their effort as care couples? Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. I also want to make sure that you are fully aware of our staff, um, and we have, man, like we've gone through transition here recently, but man, God has added to our number, man. I am so thankful for our staff. So good. Uh, many of you hear Braun on Sunday morning, but you don't see him. Braun is actually a student at US, UCF campus in Orlando, and he does all of our tech work as our tech director remotely. Um, and so... Um, uh, Bron Zimmerman is our tech director. Uh, Mary Phillips is not only my pastoral assistant, but she's our video director. And so, Mary, thank you so very much. Um, our sound team is both Jen and Amir, so thank you so much. Uh, by the way, um, they would love for you to come and see them about joining that team. Uh, we are always looking for folks to, to plug in uh, to that opportunity as well. Sharon is our is our accounting and bookkeeper. She's a CPA, and so she is part of our, she, she heads up our finance team. And so, Sharon, would you stand, please? Um, I just want to thank you for your part. Uh, just, she's been an incredible addition. Then our newest member is Mr. Amir. Uh, Amir is the director of student ministries, among many other roles. That And uh, we are so thankful for Mr. Amir, what a sweetheart he is. Uh, some of you know the, the most beautiful woman in the world, uh, Miss Sheba Monroe. I don't know if you've met. If you haven't, uh, you will agree. Um, you will. No. Um, so like um, she's our children. Oftentimes she, she's not here. She she can be, but she's often with the children on Sunday morning. Uh, we have a new curriculum kicking off next week, which is really exciting. I'm so excited about it. If you haven't heard about it, parents, you need to. We really would encourage you to actually, there's a Bible that goes along with the curriculum that we're doing. It's a, it's, it's 104 weeks, so it's two years. And they have these incredibly beautiful, like, I don't even want to make the correlation to Pokemon cards, but but like they are beautiful and they they highlight every single week's um, lesson. And so you can build these these card collection at, at home with your kids. And, and, and it's a great way to reinforce what's happening here on Sunday mornings. Uh, Wednesday uh, p.m. Uh, Sheba does Kingdom Kids. Um, and Friday night is Awana. Uh, I'm going to give you some dates, so if you're a parent, you might want to write these down. Uh, VBS this year is July 22nd through the 26th. July 22nd through the 26th, and uh, Student Life Camp or Kids Camp uh, is July 8th through the 13th. So uh, parents, you, you'll want to know those things. Uh, that, that's exciting. Uh, guys, put your hands together for Mr. Rob Harlan, our music director and worship leader. Uh, so thankful for you, Mr. Rob. What a gift. Uh, but also for Richard and Ken and Al and Amir and Lisa and Margie and Sarah and all of you guys. You guys are such, such a gift. Um, we are so, so thankful for each of you. Um, Mr. John Gable. I'm going to ask that John. Where's Johnny at? Johnny, would you stand? Like, I love this guy. He is our maintenance extraordinaire engineer. Uh, he handles the campus and all of these wonderful, I don't know if you saw our new Awana sign that was up this week, but, you know, John is just a gift, and we're so grateful for him. Sally and Shakia, uh, I don't know if I, they might be serving this morning, um, so, uh, but Sally uh, does a lot of our grounds. Um, she is a horticulturist by, um, by education uh, and just loves plants. If you, are, if you share that affinity, get with Sally. She would love to, to do that with you. 
Um, and then our custodial engineer is Miss Shakia, and she is doing a marvelous job, and we love her and are thankful for her. Steve Oppel, um, Steve and, and Deb, they're in Dade City this weekend, um, but they are, um, Steve does our website and recordings and does a marvelous job. He is a treasure to us, um, so we're thankful for him and that I'm privileged to be pastor. Um, ministry leaders, I want to point out some folks that I'm just so grateful for. Uh, within women's ministry, uh, Mary and Sheba and Cindy and Sarah, uh, you guys, thank you so much for just your leadership for women. Um, I know there are others that are helping out with that, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. Um, guys, put your hands together for Mr. Rob Butes. Um, I love this brother. Uh, Rob is that smiling, loving, sincere, genuine, put a bear hug on you. Uh, he's uh, him and Kiwana head up a welcome team along with Ray and Jerry and Brian and Dee. And so you guys are a gift and we're so thankful for your your love. Uh, Alex uh, prepares communion in a very servant way every month for us. So, Alex, thank you for especially for the, your heart in that and how you honor that. Um, uh, again, our, our WANA team, um, Fred and Cindy and Roxanne and Amir and Sheba, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing maybe half of the group here today are involved in Awana, and I would hope we would all be involved in Awana. I'm so grateful for all of you. Our hospitality team with Jen and Judy and Leanne and Ray and Mary and Rob and Kiwana. I mean, you guys are such a blessing to feed us and care for us, and we're thankful for you. Um, we have a gracious uh, member uh, that takes care of all of our pest control and he's so so humble and sweet about it so chuck thank you for doing that in such a wonderful wonderful way um, our senior care team leader uh, leaders is john and margie so john and margie if you'd stand i want everybody to know who you are uh, they they get out there and love on our senior saints and care for, for those folks uh, along with Fred and Cindy. If you don't know uh, Fred and Cindy, uh, Fred is, is, is hosting uh, at Egret Cove. Um, every other Saturday, he is hosting a service there for those folks uh, at 1030. Um, so come out and be a part. If Fred and I were talking like it would be so great to have folks that come and and you're going out uh, a few minutes before and, and and encouraging them to come and helping them to come and and uh, and uh, living out our, 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 our church culture uh, in in that context. And uh, Fred would love to have you there to, to help read and sing. If you want to sing, give testimony. That would be amazing. As I mentioned earlier, our card ministry, Dagmar, Lori, and Mary. Thank you. I love my cards that I get in the mails, by the way, with your sweet thoughts on there. And so sweet. Uh, I mentioned last week, but I'll do it again. Sandy Gable is our, uh, she's just a blessing. That's who she is. But she uh, does backpack ministry uh, to our local Bear Creek Elementary, uh, as well as as a member of our stewardship team. Uh, with uh, with Miss Sharon, uh, we have openings in in several areas. If there's something that God is tugging on your heart, if there's a capacity you want to fill, uh, if there's a need, you know, I, I, it grieves my heart when folks walk into a church and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to go here. They don't have this." Well, maybe the reason your eyes are open to that need is because it's you, right? Rather than being one that says, "Oh, they don't have this," maybe you 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 step in to offer that. And be a part of that. I mentioned last week um, our financial update. We are debt free and have always been to the glory of God. Uh, praise God for that. We uh, we have never had a year where we've ended in a deficit ever. Um, and people am are amazed at that because we don't pass a plate. Uh, well, we don't believe that giving should be done reluctantly or under compulsion. Uh, we should be we believe it's an act of worship. 
uh, again this year, uh, though this is a unique year, we didn't actually make our budget, but we thoroughly exceeded our expenses. Does that make sense? Right? We thoroughly, like we underspent our budget so significantly that our income exceeded our expenses. And so we're grateful. I'm so grateful for, for our staff that stewards what you give be to, to see that, that result, uh, if you know what I mean. I also want to mention that our, that doesn't mean, because a lot of times when that happens, people don't fully fund reserves. Um, our, our, our reserves have been fully funded every single year, and that's no exception. So thank you. That's a huge, huge gift. I want to mention this uh, because, so during COVID, we offered online giving. Uh, I, for years, have been such, I, I mean, everybody's pushing for it. I'm like, no, 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 because I, I just, I don't want to be, and I know it's not up to me, but I don't want to be, I, I don't want to advocate for debt. So credit card giving is something that I've just never been a fan of, um, you know, I, and, and it's 10%. So it's widow's might, you know, like I mean like so. Um, but we instituted that for because everybody wanted an, a means during that time. I'd like to get rid of that, to be honest with you. But um, but it offers uh, the opportunity for some. And I, I, I can respect that. But let me share this with you. When you choose to give through debit or credit card. So if you give online through a check, um, that that's a 25 cent charge just so you know that no big deal when you when you do it through debit or credit card it's like a three point i mean it's a significant charge uh that so so your gift doesn't fully realize itself and and i don't just say that for us as a church i, I say that for every ministry that you give to uh find ways to give so that you maximize the gift uh that you're that you're giving um, and I hope that you understand my heart in that. Um, so I um, want to mention a couple of really exciting things. Um, so renovations last year, some of the things that were accomplished last year. Um, we, uh, I don't know if you've seen the new flooring in the hallways and classrooms and that. I was really excited about that. And, and again, like, you know, what we want to model as a church is that we, we don't want to be extravagant in our in, this is not the ch this this address or building's not the church. You're the church. So what we want to invest in is you and the kingdom, right? But but we want to maintain this. Does that make sense? Right? We want to maintain this in a way that's not extravagant. We're not finding our identity in our campus, right? And I think that hopefully that's an example to you and how you manage your home uh, and resources. Um, we had some AC repairs that uh, that was really well needed and appreciated. Uh, we did some modest renovations over at 117 so that Mr. Mir has a beautiful home over there with his mama. And uh, we had some new new duct work put in in the office, which was was well overdue <laughs> um, and uh, helped tremendously as far as efficiency. And then we bought some new sound equipment for the uh, for the music team. So those those were some of the uh, the pieces that were done last year. Uh, you know, Bron already did a marvelous job of pointing out all of our life group opportunities, so I won't be redundant there. Uh, but I do want to mention as we close um, the upcoming um, opportunities this year. And as I do this, I'm going to ask the worship team to come so that we can prepare to uh, to worship through song as we finish our time together. Um, we're going to partner with Samaritan's Purse this year for Clarks Clarksville, Tennessee. If you remember back in early December, I believe the date was actually the 9th. They got pummeled by tornadoes. You remember this because it was pretty recent. 
Um, so we are looking for an opportunity to plug in with them and serve that community this year. So keep an eye out for that opportunity. Uh, we love working with Samaritan's Purse. Um, and also when Naples, Punta Gorda, that area opens up for rebuild, we definitely want to be able to go down and help there as well. Uh, we, we're, we're planning men's retreats, uh, marriage retreats, uh, men's night out. Uh, and a lot of other exciting things. If there's things that are that are pressing on your heart, uh, uh, we want to partner with you. Like what we don't want to be as a church is a staff-driven community. That is not biblical. We want to be a body-driven community that represent that understands that staff is here to serve the laity, not to 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 lord over, uh, but to come alongside the the calling that God has on your life. That's how backpack ministry started. You know, uh, so it's a beautiful thing. So next Sunday, we're going to talk about the body of Christ. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 to 27. Uh, I encourage you this week, read that, study that, be ready and prepared for that message. Uh, we're going to talk about that more significantly, and I think it's very uh, unique to, the, to what the Lord's teaching us. And then we're going to get right back into John 17 and then rolling into which i love how the lord's done this rolling right back into luke which which is going to run us right into easter and the resurrection so it's going to be fantastic i'm super excited about that um, i'm gonna um i'm gonna turn things over to the worship team we have a wonderful benediction we want to challenge you to this year um and then uh, i'm going to ask at the end that everybody stand and let's pray together so let's stand yes and then we're going to get right back into John 17 and then rolling into which I love how the Lord's done this rolling right back into Luke which which is going to run us right into Easter and the resurrection so it's going to be fantastic I'm super excited about that um, I'm going to um, I'm going to turn things over to the worship team we have a wonderful benediction we want to challenge you to this year um, and then uh, I'm going to ask at the end that everybody stand and let's pray together so let's stand Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.